this is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never. My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was a moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. This topic fires me up. Anytime we're talking about health, and I think just as we were talking this morning, there's so many questions, and I think the last two years have really highlighted for me everything that's wrong. Like we're always, it's so easy to identify problems. It's really hard to come up with solutions. And I think for a long time, I've been bitching about the problems. This is a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. And I'm not doing anything about actually helping people. Not even if it's just my small solution to the problem. I feel like we can offer some good stuff about health. Yeah, I think I've I've been in that situation too. I think everybody has. Like you continue to bitch about problems that are going on, whether it's in your small circle or in the world. And it started... It, it, we have to start like coming up with the solutions and and stop complaining about stuff. It's just like, hey, we're here. We got to make the best of it. Let's. How can we make the best out of it? Yeah, and how can we help people? I think so many people are afraid to help just because, hey, we don't have degrees in this topic or we don't feel like we have as much to offer as somebody else. But if you are offering up anything, I feel like that's better than not doing anything at all. Yeah, I think it bo- there's a borderline between unsolicited advice where it's like mm-hmm. people who just want to talk and who just want to give everyone information, right? It's like the coaches, the fitness coaches who are going into a Globo gym giving out form advice when somebody's just trying to get their workout on and maybe it's their first week of being at the gym. They have no idea how to use the equipment and now they're having this person come up to them and trying to show them up and and tell them how to use all the stuff or show them that hey that's not how you do it um but there's unsolicited advice and then there's people who refrain from trying to help people you know because they might think it's not their place or 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 that it's not going to be received uh the way it's intended Mm -hmm. you know yeah i think i mean like drawing that line i never want to be the person who just randomly goes up to somebody and says hey you should do something this way but I mean both of us have spent a lot of time just doing our own research and especially making mistakes I think and I talked to Casey about this when we were talking about weight cutting the best coaches have made the most mistakes they've went through you know dieting wrong they've went through whatever their sport or whatever they're coaching, usually the best coaches are the ones who have the worst experiences. (laughs) Yeah. Personally and with clients too. Yeah. So you, when you have those bad experiences, then you're, you're able to be like, how can I change that? How would I coach myself through that scenario? Yeah. And I think the best coaches are constantly learning too. They never accept like, okay, I know everything now and or not everything, but I know as much as I need to help the people that I'm going to help. So therefore, I don't need to read anything else. I don't need to research anything else. I don't need to continue to educate myself further um, or learn something or or completely look at the other side of how you view a topic. 
you know maybe there's maybe you really believe in a certain split in the gym upper body lower body whatever and somebody's coming at it from a totally different angle and you're like well that's not right <laughs> you know it, it i think you should be open to experiencing a different side whether that's right wrong or just you know that goes against what you've learned and what you believe to be true i could have been this guy in the gym yesterday because uh, I was at jujitsu class and I was there's one guy who's really strong big strong college wrestler he just walked into the jujitsu gym and he was like absolute stud but he said he was doing German volume training so he's doing 10 by 10 German yeah German volume training yeah GVT it's 10 by 10 squat bench and deadlift so he does like 10 sets of 10 heavy wow and I'm like I don't think that's a good idea, <laughs> but I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything because I'm not going to be. So what did you say? You were just like, oh. I He was talking wow. to somebody else and I was just like, Is like, I'm fried doing three days a week of weightlifting. I can't imagine doing 10 by 10 and trying to walk the next day and also trying to choke people and use your legs and do all that stuff. Yeah, that's a lot. So it's always, it's always interesting, but I think... Um, you know, our take on the, on the health, I've gotten to observe you coaching a lot of people over the last year. And even a lot of the stuff that I come up with, I think our generalization, you're able to bring that, that real world experience, but I just, there's so much unhealthiness in our country. Like Anytime we go to the grocery store, anytime we go to a restaurant, I see that. And it used to be me being judgmental and like, look at these people. They're all really unhealthy. But I think there's a huge opportunity to help people that they don't really know where to turn. And I think some of the misconceptions that we're going to talk about are from, you know, just not feeling like you can make any of these changes, not feeling like a healthy lifestyle is something that you would ever do. Yeah. I I just wrote down a note because I need a notebook for these <laughs> so I don't forget my thoughts. Um, what was that statistic that you read the other day in The Sacred Cow? It was the percentage of obesity has increased from what to what in the last like 30 years? I think it was 16%. It was either 12 or 16% in like 1960 and it's up to 40% as of 2015, 2016. So it's gone up 20%. It's doubled. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. Is that the same thing? That, and that I'm going to sound stupid now. <laughs> Is going up 20% the same thing as doubling? Yeah, because if, if it was at 15%, doubled would be 30%. Right, so, and it's at 40%. Yeah. So it's more than doubled in the last... 60 years oh man people are gonna say i'm dumb (laughs) no people don't understand when you're recording doing math is impossible okay so yeah the obesity rates have uh more than doubled since the 60s you said right yeah it's crazy i mean everywhere you look the thing is and this isn't i I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent here but we have accepted unhealthy lifestyles as the new normal And there is a difference between inclusivity and health. And although I do believe that we should be inclusive in sizing on magazines and 
on TV and in clothing stores and marketing and all of that stuff, I do think that we should have an inclusive variety um, because there is no one size fits all. And there is, you know, health does not mean that you have to be a stick, stick thin model or, you know, a super fit CrossFit athlete. Um, that's not the only healthy body type out there. Um, but yeah, the, the obesity has, has gotten out of control and, um, you know, I think there's, like you said, there's a lot of misconceptions and yeah, let's, I think we should just dive in and start breaking those down. Cool. So, uh, we're just going to go step by step. We have five misconceptions on getting healthy. And, uh, so number one, we have, when you go about getting healthy, you have to give up everything that you currently do. So if you're obese right now, if you're smoking cigarettes, if you sleep 12 hours a day, if you sleep five hours a day, you're staring at screens all day, a lot of times people think that, oh, if I'm going to change around my lifestyle, I got to give up everything. I got to start going to the gym five, six days a week. I got to eliminate all all sugar or all of a certain food group. We, we just think we got to like reboot everything. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on, on that? And have you had any issues or, you know, working with clients where people think that that's step one is basically reset everything? Yeah, there's a lot of people that are out there who think, okay, well, you're telling me that I need to up my water intake. All right, what else? And it's like, no, that's it. That's what I want you to do right now. And they're like, all right, but, but you know, I need like, I thought you were going to give me a list of three or four things that I can do over the next week. And I'm like, you can't giving you, I can give you a list of four or five, eight things that you can change in your lifestyle right now. But are you going to keep up with those eight things? No, it's, it's just not possible. So I like to make habits smaller, more attainable, easier to achieve, and in the long run, more sustainable to keep up with. So I don't think people have to change everything that they do. It's adding things, right? Rather than eliminating things, it's what can I add that's going to make me a little bit better, 1% better today. So it's like you don't have to – It's elimination to me tells – says fad diets, says quick fix, says lose 20 pounds in 20 days like those are all the things that are um those are all misconceptions that they are all sustainable and that they work they might work but they're not sustainable yeah and even as far as eliminating i hear a lot of people who get into crossfit especially talking to people and hearing stories about the resurgence program just because we got connected with gina but a lot of people go into that program and they're smoking cigarettes and the, f- the first thing you might think, oh, like if I'm going to go to the gym, I have to give up smoking. But it's not quitting smoking, not eliminating that, but it's start going to the gym. And then maybe, hey, two weeks in, you're like, wow, I feel like shit when I'm doing a cardio workout. Maybe I should stop smoking or maybe I should start eating a better meal after to or maybe that's before as well. So I think by adding things, you're actually going to start eliminating things that are unhealthy, but you're not going at it with how much can I get rid of? 
what do I have to get rid of? It's like, no, show up to the gym a couple times a week. And then those habits start to, the bad ones start to go away and the good ones start to pile up. Yeah. I think a lot of things too is that, um, you know, people want to get an easy way out. They want to look for what's going to help me drop these 20 pounds fast. And it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to go all balls to the wall crazy of, of doing all of these things and cha- totally changing up your lifestyle when you might just have to do the little things. And it's it's generally about the little things. So what did we label this one? Have to give up everything that you like or currently do. Yeah. You don't have to give it up at all. You just have to tweak it and add a healthy habit in the mix. So by compiling these healthy habits, you're going to run out of time in the day for your unhealthy habits. So like if you need to make sure that you're spending time five or ten minutes either in the morning or at night stretching or doing meditation or doing breath work, that's taking away five or ten minutes of your TV time or of, you know, something else that scrolling or, you know, those things that are just time consuming and generally not providing any benefits to our lives yeah i love it so add more eliminate less right i think we can sum it up there um number two this is probably the most frustrating one that change is going to happen fast if you're say 100 pounds overweight it's not going to happen overnight you didn't gain 100 pounds you didn't gain 100 excess pounds in two months three months that took years where you slowly built up on the scale and it's not going to cut if you're going to do it correctly if you're going to do it sustainably it's not going to happen fast right and it shouldn't right and that's kind of going the same like when you first joined jujitsu you did you expect that you were going to be good like pretty fast I did yeah when I I think the first week I knew that I was going to suck so I had no pressure on myself. Week two, I was like, all right, I've been doing this for a week now. <laughs> and then I did worse than I did in week one because I had a little bit of expectation. But it's just, it, it's even funny because to tell a black belt or a brown belt or a purple belt, anybody who's been doing it longer than you, to say, hey, I, I can't get this. I can't get this move. And they're like, no shit. <laughs> like, I've done this at 100 classes You've done this three times. So it makes zero sense that we yeah. have this expectation that it's going to happen fast. Do you think it's the instant gratification world that we live in right now? Oh, 100%. We get stuff delivered in two days for free, sometimes overnight for mm-hmm. free. We, we, you know, anything that we want is at our fingertips. Any answer that we could possibly seek out is at our fingertips at all times. So I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, it's that dopamine. We're always chasing dopamine. And when you hit those little goals, you get a little dopamine release. But I think, I mean, I'm obviously not a brain scientist or anything, but... You aren't? No. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe by these last two years, I might be now. You read a lot, though. (laughs) I mean, you probably read more than those scientists. But the dopamine, like, we don't have control anymore. And I was even reading that it's actually impossible to do a dopamine fast so some people have youtube videos where they do dopamine fast for 24 hours basically no input 
you're not watching TV, you're not scrolling, you're not basically doing anything. Even exercise is a form of dopamine. But to truly do that, you can't, it's brain function. So we can't shut off our brains. But, you know, the phones, just going on Instagram, I can't imagine what's going on in your brain as you're just swiping, <laughs> swiping, swiping. Me and or anybody? No, all of us. Because <laughs> that's just trickling down. Dopamine, boop, dopamine, yeah, boop. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I do think that that uh, quick fix, I don't know. Do you think there's anywhere else that comes from? Well, I don't... I think a lot of people have the comparison factor too. Mm. So they see what their friends are doing. They see what's worked for their friends or for their sister or their aunt or their dad or whatever. And it's like, oh, well, they followed the keto diet. So, and they lost 30 pounds really fast. I'm going to try the keto diet. But everybody's different. Every body is different. And we're all made up to digest food differently. You know, I'm not going to digest the same foods that you are at the same rate and in the same way. So we just, we're, we're living in this, it's instant gratification and it's comparison. And I think it all boils down, it always boils down to social media. Like it always does. We've gotten so technologically savvy not me but you know the world has gotten so technologically savvy over the last 30 years and even less probably 20 years yeah like 20 years and it's just it's starting to I think it's starting to just take such a toll on us as humans like we're not humans anymore we're turning into robots we're just going through the motions of the day, we're not taking anything, we're taking everything for granted and we're not enjoying the things that we should be enjoying. Yeah. It's, I mean, even just like walk into a store, walk into a restaurant, it's like everybody's on their phones and it, you get one second where it's a little bit uncomfortable, where you don't know what to do with yourself, you have a little bit of time to kill, you pull out that phone mm -hmm. right away. But yeah, it, and it is, it does come down to who are you following? Who are you paying attention to? I do think um, people sometimes are afraid to unfollow people or afraid to piss people off, to ruffle feathers, to just rock the boat on social media. Like sometimes, and yeah, you don't have to unfollow people like your best friends or anything like that. But if somebody's putting out something negative, like, hey, take a break from that person. Like, yeah, that's what them. that mute button's for. I love that mute button. Yeah, and it, it, it doesn't have to be you're, you hate that person or you're just... No, it's nothing drastic. It's just like what's going to be good for your mental health right now? If you're consuming somebody's page, if, if, they're, con if they're constantly posting something that you don't agree with, just mute them. You don't have to get in a fight with them. You don't have to not like them as a person anymore because you don't like who they voted for or, or that they're trying vegetarianism. Like, just mute them. Yeah. I mean, just let people try stuff too. Yeah. Like, let people experience their own stuff. And, hey, if you want to apologize because you hated on me these last two years in, like, 2027, <laughs> I'm totally down with it. Like, we'll still be friends. Oh, my gosh, yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's stay on track. <laughs> All right, number three, 
and this goes back to jujitsu a little bit for me, but everyone knew what they were doing when they got started. So yeah, and a reminder: this is misconception. Yes, there's the misconception that everyone else knew what they were doing when they were getting started. Yeah. So, I mean, this fitness journey, we didn't. Neither of us knew what the hell we were doing. No. What was getting into fitness like for you? I mean, I've said this on the podcast before, but I, I started like late twenties and going to a Globo gym, going to Planet Fitness. And I was one of those people that I was using the machines wrong. I had no idea how to use some of those machines. I have no idea now what even the machines are called. Um, and I still don't know how to use them. So, like, I just thought you go in and you use some machines and you just curl some weights and you go home. Like, I had no idea what to do. Do you uh, do the elliptical or treadmill or anything? Mm, I did the elliptical. I hated it. I, I think I did it as a warm-up. I hated the elliptical. I don't, yeah. The elliptical is really boring. Yeah. So when I first got into lifting, so I didn't believe in rest days. I would just do, so I would do chest one day, back the next day, arms. Then I'd do legs. And most of the time, I'd just skip legs and do chest again. <laughs> but I would just go every single day. And I thought that you were just supposed to lift all the time because I enjoyed it. And How'd it, your legs get so strong then if you were skipping leg day? I don't know. <laughs> Well, leg day would do, it would turn into just squats and then I would do like bench or like mm. incline bench or something or curls, whatever. But yeah, so I didn't believe in rest days and, uh, nobody knows what they're doing when they're starting out. Yeah. Like, and, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like, we see it in weightlifting. Like, look at your, if anybody's a weightlifter out there, look at the first time that you did a snatch mm. on video oh, or look yeah. at yourself from three years back. And you'll be like, wow, I thought I was good back then. <laughs> I love looking at those old videos. It's like such a reminiscing moment where it's like, oh, yeah, I remember when I thought I was a badass doing that 35 kilo snatch. Yeah. So, I mean, no, no one knows what they're doing when they're first getting started. And uh, I think I forget who it was, but somebody talked about just going into Planet Fitness and just like nobody helps you like we we talked about that those people who offer the unsolicited advice but we like that balance of hey where do you go when you you don't know what these machines are like hey can somebody show me how to use this machine just so i can do it properly and not hurt myself yeah and that's i think that's what we're trying to do with this podcast too like not just give you no information be like hey go get healthy have fun. What does that mean? <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. So, you know, we're kind of showing how to use the machines. And you'll obviously tweak them. Your program will look different a couple years from now. But it's like it's like that initial just getting started. And you, you don't have to do it perfect in the beginning. You're going to make mistakes, and that's fine. Yeah. There is, there is no such thing as perfect either. And, like, just because you don't know what you're doing in the beginning shouldn't deter you from starting. So, again, it's like adding something. It's adding, you know, try something new this year. It's still early enough, you know, even if your New Year's resolution, if you already bombed that, <laughs> like, it's still early. It's April. It feels like February. But, um, you know, get out and try to try to do something new. Maybe that's getting a bike 
And like, you know, if you really liked riding bikes when you were younger as a kid, you probably will like riding bikes as an adult. And not a lot of adults, I don't want to say it like that. There's a lot of adults that don't think it's important for them to have fun themselves. They think work is too busy. Their family keeps them too busy. Like everything is just piling up and piling up. But it's really important for adults to have fun. It's really important for adults to play and like act like kids. Do you think you can do that through fitness all the time? Or does do the two need to be separate from each other? I don't know. I think I think separate is good because like, you know, it depends on your fitness regimen. Like you're you're having fun with jujitsu, right? I don't think you're are you gonna compete or no. <laughs> No, nah, I don't want to get choked out by those dudes. They're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but, like you're doing it for fun. So that's something that's fun for you. But like weightlifting, although it's probably fun for you, it's fun for me too. It feels more like training. It feels like not a job. We're not going to the – we're not at the top. We're not getting paid by USA Weightlifting. But, you know, we go to competitions to compete, to get better, to get a total, to – you know, have a good time with our friends, but also to make lifts. So it's kind of like a job, um, but it's an enjoyable job. Yeah. And you're doing, you're back in doing CrossFit a couple of days a week too. So I'd imagine that's like play a little bit yeah, for you. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, even just getting rid of that expectation, like I think a lot of us, especially people who may have been athletes when they were younger, high school, college, you feel like you need to get that competitive edge out somewhere and that might be good. Pick up a sport where you can compete in, but also go do those things that you like doing. Like if you were always a swimmer and you can do that where it's not competitive anymore and you can just do some laps and you like that, like go do that. Have fun with it. Right. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's really good. I was thinking a uh, good question. What's the biggest mistake you've made on your fitness journey? Like, what did you mess up really bad at the beginning? Do you, can you pinpoint anything? I mean, I think this kind of contradicts what we're talking about, but, like, not getting help earlier on. Like, not getting a trainer or not, getting, not going to a group class where I actually learn what to do. I think that was a big mistake because I feel like I wasted a lot of time at Planet Fitness. You know, you go and you tell your friends that you're spending one or two hours in the gym and you're just walking around figuring out what machine you're going to use next. And that's not everybody at Planet Fitness. That's, you know. 98% of people. <laughs> there you go with the statistics. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I think that was a mistake that I made. I also made the mistake of just trying to go too hard, like too soon. And not warming up to it and just trying to go for multiple days like you said you were you went from zero to seven days a week what was what would you say yours is mine was um deadlift technique Mm. I used to just yank the bar off the ground as hard as I could yeah and I got really strong really fast and then I had a horrific back injury where I couldn't lift for months so yeah, technique yeah. is uh, is important. I think if anybody's going to go to, if you're listening and you're thinking about starting CrossFit or Olympic lifting or powerlifting or any kind of heavy weight object, if you're not going to go and get yourself a trainer or like join a group gym or something, watch as many YouTube videos as you can. Like it sounds stupid probably, but 
I feel very strongly about form and how you want to prevent injury at all costs because, I mean, both of us have experienced injuries and it's no fun. Um, it sets you back for a while. And then some people, it sets them back so much that they'd say, you know what, screw this. I'm, I'm done. I don't want to get hurt. Um, I don't want to get hurt again. This isn't worth it. But really, it is worth it. It's, it's worth the experience of the injury, but it's also like it's really just important to learn form first. Yeah. Even if you're you're taking three months to just, you know, work on the bar, work on really light weights, that's kind of what I wish I would have done in weightlifting. Like imagine if we would have took an extra month or so to really work on technique, how far that would have went. I don't know because I, I didn't start with just weightlifting and neither did you. We started with CrossFit. And CrossFit, I mean, so CrossFit – I'm not going to bash CrossFit, but the affiliates, each affiliate is run differently, right? They're all under the CrossFit umbrella, but I've been to a ton of CrossFit gyms across the country when I dropped in for, you know, visiting different cities and work and stuff. But like, there's not a lot of CrossFit gyms out there that, that tell you, nope, stop, stop moving. We're going to fix your form. There's not a lot out there. And that's a shame because you Sometimes I think CrossFit gyms look at their members as just dollar signs and they just want them to keep coming back. So they just keep encouraging them. Oh, great job. You're doing a great job. But and maybe they think if they correct their form or something, then they're just going to get pissed off and not want to come back. But you're doing them a disservice if you're not correcting them. Yeah, 100 percent. All right. Number four, it's too late to start or to make a change. I think, I mean, this is one that is probably very dear to our hearts, but yeah. there's so many people out there, 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, 70 years old, who are just done, who are, you know, hey, I'm already unhealthy, fuck it, I don't care, or I had that injury, I'm not doing that again. Mm -hmm. Or I've never been to the gym, why am I going to start now? Yeah, or just, yeah, I don't, I don't know what don't know what I'm doing. Why would I waste my time? And like, I'm too busy. All these excuses. Yeah, tons of excuses. So, I mean, what would you say to a person who's 56 years old, never walked into a gym? What's, what's the first step to encourage them that, hey, it's not too late to start? I don't know. I've been trying to figure that out <laughs> to tell my mom. Yeah, these are like burning questions that I have as well to just, I mean, get those people moving. And I mean, it's so frustrating when I come up with topics like this because I want to give people the answer. I want to tell people, hey, step one, step two, step three, this is exactly what you do. And it's easy. And I could do that. And to me, I do think it is easy. But like, how do we get those people who are think that it's over think that you know it's it's pointless how do we get those people because it's it, it is easy to get the people who are already motivated the a lot of times you see in crossfit people do the wad and then they stay after and they do extra work and then they're like hey i need to work with a nutrition coach but how do we get to those people who are just hey i don't do any of it yep drop a comment if you have a suggestion <laughs> no but i think one of the things that i 
will tell somebody is if things are hard now, they're only going to get harder. So what can you do to combat that level of difficulty? And how can you make adjustments so that the easy body functions, well, the body functions, the natural body movements should be easy, right? So if they're not easy for you, how can we make it easy? And that's getting more mobile. That's moving more, getting in the gym, not even going to a gym. You don't have to go to a gym. We're not like promoting any kind of gym, but people can work out at home. You know, everybody's got a living room. Even if they have a studio apartment, they have a living room because it's also their bedroom. Um, No, but like things like going up the stairs, if you drop something and you have to pick it up, if you have to carry groceries from your car, if you have to go to the toilet and sit down and get yourself back up, like all of these things are natural movements that we need to be able to do as human beings. And we need to be able to do them for a long time. So if those things are difficult now, man, try make some changes. Make it easier on yourself to age. Yeah, and I mean, we were talking about atomic habits a little bit before we started, but one of the atomic habits is to make it easy. So, I mean, getting on the toilet shouldn't be difficult. I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to relate that to atomic habits, but I don't, you know. (laughs) You chose that one. (laughs) Yeah, no, but like, I mean, making it easy on your fitness journey. So if you're, if you think it's too late to start and going to the gym five days a week just probably isn't going to be attainable for you. So in the beginning, hey, what can I do to work on this for 10 minutes? What can I do? And we're always big proponents of this on the podcast is that making the smallest changes that you possibly can right off the bat. And you said it before with your clients. And a lot of times people are like, no, but what else? What else? And hey, it's 10 minutes. Do 10 minute workout. Do air squats for 10 minutes. Do burpees for 10 minutes. That might be really hard. But (laughs) do any of these things. And I mean, geez, like going back to the answers, I'm trying to give people the answers, but it's like. Do you think people don't want the answers? Do you think. Do you think they want to hold on to their excuses or do you think it's it really just feels difficult for them? What do you think it is? I think it's so many years of just being stuck. Like I I have a coworker in mind who I just don't think has worked out probably for 20 or 30 years. So I mean, what's something that you haven't done for 20 years? It would it would be hard for you to just get back into it. Like think about you learned Spanish in high school. I learned Spanish in high school. Imagine speaking Spanish right now. We'd have no fucking idea what we were talking about. So, yeah, I think it's just you do something one way for so long, and then to even think about doing it a different way is like, where uh, I don't know. I don't want to do that. I think when you said um, making it easy, I I wrote down a note. So. It's like breaking things down into little pieces. It's like teaching people how to do CrossFit. I just had a CrossFit, um, I had a fundamentals in the last month or so, and they said, you know, do do you really think I can do this? Do you think I can do CrossFit? 
And I think CrossFit's for everyone because there's always modifications, you know? You're not gonna be doing the same movements as the next person next to you, but you're gonna be doing movement, which is better than not doing movement. So, but I wrote down, um, you know, you don't have to do 50 squats. If you can't do 50 squats, do 10. If 10 is too hard, do five. Like, break things down. And that's what Atomic Habits talks about. It's making things easy. And going back to you asking me about my clients, it's making things easy. Things have to be easy. And if you can, if you get an A plus on the easy thing, then you get to graduate and you get the harder task. You get the next task. Yeah. And uh, KC talked about too, like earning the right, earning the right to move on. I love that. I loved when she said that, earn the right to diet. Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't mastered drinking enough water, if you haven't mastered getting enough protein in, hey, we're not even going to talk about losing weight. Like we need to talk about addressing these problems Mm -hmm. first. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Love that. That was a good one. Uh, Last one, not relying on motivation. I think this one, this one is my topic. I love this. When I first got into, so I got into reading like my senior year of college and I read every cliche self-help book, the compound effect, the slight edge, the, the one thing, the motivation, like I'm looking at every self-help book in Barnes and Noble, like trying to get a little bit better. There's days where I'm just not motivated and there's days where I don't feel like doing anything besides getting off the couch and those books don't help at that time. Like you, you think you're going to read this and it's going to change your life and you're going to be motivated and you're going to, you know, you're going to go on that diet for the next 10 years. You're going to, you're going to add in CrossFit and you're going to be going to the gym twice a day for the next year and you're going to make it to regionals and you're going to make it to the games. Like all this stuff about motivation, you don't need motivation. You, you're not going to have it. You're not going to have it, especially for a long time. So expecting yourself to be motivated. And some people say that too. Well, I'm not a motivated person. Well, that's fine. Like, you don't need to be motivated to exercise 10 minutes a day, five minutes a day. You don't need to be motivated to add one vegetable in at dinner. Like, all that stuff, it doesn't really take motivation. What do you think it takes then? I think it takes just willingness to do things that you don't necessarily want to do all the time. And some might say that that's motiv- you need motivation to do that, but I think that's more on the discipline side. But same thing with discipline. Like, you will not hear us say to stop doing anything. You will not hear us say you need to cut out a certain food group or you need to you need to stop doing things we're talking about like get get rid of elimination get rid of thinking that you need to eliminate stuff it's adding stuff in and it's small stuff like all the stuff that we're talking about is to me really easy i don't know if it's coming across that way do you think it is i don't know i definitely think we disagree a little bit on this one just because I do think, I'm thinking of someone in particular where they would send me those motivational clips and videos and stuff. And 
the you know the videos that give you the chills you get goosebumps you're like man I loved that video it's like somebody talking about how they've overcome this this mountain of of troubles and now they are you know soaring into their fitness journey and like just you know those motivational speaker type videos I do think to get started after never starting after never having fitness I do think you need that motivation I think you need something to click and something needs to say all right I've got to make a change if that person can do it I can do it and I think that you know if you're going to watch those videos or feel motivated in some way that's not going to la- that's great for short term but those videos are not going to be what's carrying you on and carrying you through years to come so i think motivation needs to turn into a routine and it needs to turn into that discipline and it needs to turn into the habit and once you're there like then that's it game over i love that you just changed my mind <laughs> really yeah I mean, I do think, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, like, but so uh, did you hear about David Goggins? Have you ever? I feel like the name sounds familiar. Who was he? Okay. So he was a Navy SEAL. He started off like. He was one of the motivational videos that I watched. Yes. He is extremely <laughs> motivational. But did he, what, he, was he the one that ran like a ton of miles? Yes. So no training. He signed up for a hundred mile race, ran it. Mile 70, he stopped, he sat down, he was shitting himself, he was peeing blood, he had all these problems. You're going to need to put a disclaimer on this podcast now. <laughs> I don't know, Spotify might do that for me. Um, but he, so at mile, I think it was mile 70, he said, he starts peeing blood, shitting himself, like sitting in a chair. All he brought to a 100 mile race was saltine crackers and maybe Pedialyte or something. But, I mean, does that fire you up? Because when I think about that story, I'm like, I'm never going to run a 100-mile race. But wasn't it like, didn't he finish? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He got up off the chair, and he started walking, and then eventually he started running, and he finished the race. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it is motivational, but when I see it, I'm like... Okay, so take out the part, take out the the graphic part of of peeing and and pooping his pants. So if he didn't mention that, would you be more impressed? What if he trained for two years and then ran the 100-mile race and didn't have any health problems or got through it? But yeah, I mean, maybe I'm not saying I'm not motivated by that guy. Like, I think I can train a little bit more if this guy can do that if he can push through that then you know i can probably go to the gym an extra day a week right but yeah i don't know our take on motivation is a little bit different but i just think because i've listened to all these people who are motivational and i just i don't buy it as much because i mean i love weightlifting i love it i love watching videos on it i love studying technique but there's some days where i just don't want to go to the gym but you do it anyway. Yes. And th- I think that's where the discipline comes in. Mm-hmm. But once you do something for a certain amount of time, it just becomes, hey, this is what we do. We go to the gym this many days a week. If we feel like it, great. And there's times where, hey, we have to pull back. There's times where my body's just not feeling it. And that's okay, too. Like all these 
things that we're talking about, the caveat is, you know, what's good for you as well. You know, if you do CrossFit and you do a hundred pull-ups or a hundred burpees or whatever, and you feel like shit the next day, like it's okay to take some time off too. Like, I guess we're, we're talking about different people now, but I mean, it's drawing that line where most of America is unmotivated. We have some people who go to the gym who are super consistent and always want to add things in. Like you have those clients who do everything you tell them Mm -hmm. and they're like, okay, done. Yeah. Yeah. I'll add that in. No problem. But it's not the norm. Yeah. They're not the norm. Yeah. Yeah, So we, so it's like finding those people saying like, Hey, you can take some time off. This isn't most people like most people need to get off the couch and do it, get started. Yeah. So like it goes back to sometimes you have to do things even when you don't want to do them. You know, if you're still in that formation of habit building, if you're still in the like pre habit mindset and you're you're still trying to find that motivation and and keep and carry that motivation on then you're going to get to a point probably where you don't want to eat the salad you don't want to choose the healthier option you want to go through the drive-thru you want to get the chick-fil-a double sandwich or whatever but you have to think i believe you have to think about why did you want to start your health journey in the first place so what is it? What's your why? And then if, I don't know, I, I'm losing my train of thought now because I'm thinking about all these people. <laughs> I, love, I love when you said, though, like finding out what your why is. And I don't think you need to know your why. Like, or the why doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. Yeah. If your why is that, hey, I want to take a shit in the morning and I don't want to have a really hard time getting on and off the toilet that's a great why Mm -hmm. and that's not too big or too small yeah so I don't think I mean if you are listening if you've never done fitness if you've never walked into a gym in your life if you go seven days a week like I think that there's some of these misconceptions you can hopefully take something away yeah I hope so too oh I think this was fun I hope I uh, hope the people like it. Well, thanks guys for tuning in. Hope uh, this was helpful. If you feel like sharing on social media, just put it on your story. Let people know. You can tag us at Better Than Yesterday Pod and at Dana Lee Nutrition. Always a fun time when you're on the pod. Ah, oh, thanks.